the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of the Sports Nuts Podcast. This is your podcast where we talk about, you guessed it, sports. And we try to do the non-traditional where basically we talk about football and basketball and that's pretty much everything. We do focus some time to hockey because we both are hockey fans here. And yes, we will even throw in some professional wrestling. Oh yeah, but we both decided chess is not a sport. So if you're going to queen to Bishop 8, sorry, ain't going to cut it in this podcast here. So nothing against chess, but we both considered it's not a sport. And when I talk about we, the other part of we in this conversation is the one, the only, they broke the mold and we're all happy about that. Mr. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. And I'm lobbying to make ping pong a full contact sport. That would actually be pretty good, actually. Uh, when I was in the Army, in our day room, we had a pool table, uh, a ping pong table, and I forget, shuffleboard, like the tabletop shuffleboard thing, you know, where you slide the things, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had those three. So many of day over in Germany, we just go get a small keg of beer because over there, you can get these little one-gallon kegs pretty cheap. And we'd go get that and sit down, and a few of us would just sit back and uh, play pool and ping pong and drink some beer, and sometimes it might turn into full contact pool and ping pong. So, uh, yeah, it would be a good sport. Well, and of course, like around here, the bottom line is there's inevitably somebody who's a sandbagger who say, I've never played the game, wipe you out, and then that's where it becomes full contact. Oh, no, when somebody lies like that, you're done. You know, it's... uh, same thing with uh, the card game spades. You know, we'd have games that would go up to like twenty, thirty thousand. You know, <laughs> just have, you know, just insane play for a couple of weeks. And uh, and if you started sandbagging a lot, even though it was taken against you, oh yeah, no, there was issue to be had when you got up to the basketball court or something. So speaking of sandbagging, do you want to start off with baseball or hockey? Uh, how about let's go baseball? Let's kick that off. Okay, well, one of the interesting things is is there's that old cliche about letting the monkeys run the zoo. I think that's exactly what's happening to the New York Mets organization right now. I'm not sure if you've seen how things have been unfolding there in the last couple of days. Uh, not really, no. I, it's, I've been, like, running hectic, hectic, hectic. Well, it started off with a rookie tweet, and somebody had taken his picture, and next to him in the locker next to him was, unfortunately, a sex toy, and then things just went south from there. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I get Todd Harvey for the Mets. Was, I bet you're really glad that story came out, kind of take the attention off him. Well, interestingly enough, the initial speculation was it was he who did it. But as more and more of the story came out against Harvey, uh, oh, he's he's becoming a mess himself right now. Yeah, now he's trying to backtrack a little bit. People that don't know what happened is basically uh, he had a headache, didn't show up, didn't call anybody, didn't do anything, just didn't show up to the ballpark. And so the team kind of, and then they told him, where are you at? And he said, well, I just stayed home. Well, so they suspended him. He said he's going to appeal it. 
And then others came out and says, well, he went out really late and got drunk. And he says, oh, I'm fine. Nothing. He just didn't call miscommunication and this and that. And so they still suspended him. He think he stopped the appeal process. Uh, of course, he only suspended for a couple games. He loses a little bit of money, but it was between starts. And he's not actually doing that good this year. Uh, so he's trying to backpack plate now. It's just a big miscommunication. No, I think he just felt he was bigger than thou and everything like that. And you got to watch the New York fans will turn on you and turn on you quick. As will the newspapers, the New York Post especially. They are brutal. I mean, it's one thing to win for a New York team, but if you're pulling something like this, they will excoriate you. They will rip you down. But again, I think one of the more important things about this is that Scott Boros needs to get Matt Harvey in line pretty quickly. And if it means grabbing all the newspaper clippings following Johnny Manziel, Manziel's story should have been a cautionary tale. And if Harvey doesn't watch out, he's going down the exact same road at this point. Exactly. Uh, There's even some rumors that they're going to send him down to uh, AAA to quote, quote, work things out. But if they do that, I don't think it has nothing to do with working things out. I think that's just to send a message to him and others that, no, we're in charge. You do what we say. So they'd still get paid the same, but you'd just be down in AAA. And then, of course, the other story was um, Syndergaard, them losing him for possibly the season. The worst part about it is that all of that could have been avoided if he had originally taken the MRI like the team wanted to. But for some reason, he felt he was in charge, declined the MRI, pitched his next game, lasted an inning, and now we see that he may be out for the season now. Yeah, there's something about Mets and falling apart that seems to happen. I don't know what it is. Uh, They were one of the favorites coming out, but looks like they'll be sellers come here uh, shortly after All-Star break. Which is a shame because they've built quite a pitching staff, especially in the last three years. I mean, Matt Harvey was a great find. Jason DeGrom is pitching amazingly. Uh, Syndergaard was supposed to be the ace of the staff uh, challenging Matt Harvey. Before them, you had Dylan G and Mike Pelfrey, and well, both of those guys are now gone. And I'll tell you, baseball is one of those sports where your career could end in a snap, and I don't think that folks realize this. And you're right; if the Mets don't watch out, they could be and they could be sellers when uh, uh, we get to the close of the season. Yeah, and talk about pitching. Uh, I was outside working and I had uh, the Ranger game on today and they had a stat on there. And this kind of sums up when you hear this about the Rangers, what their year's been like this year. Quality starts from a pitcher. They had uh, a complete game today, you know, shutout, 11 nothing. Great, great game. First shutout of the year for them. Rangers have the most in the American League and the second only to the Nationals of quality starts from a pitcher. They're sitting at 20. Unbelievable. But yet they're waffling just below the 500. Their, oh, their relief pitching is just, I, I don't even want to call it bad. That's giving them a little credit. You know, um, their bats are alive. Great starting pitching. That's usually success. But boy, their relief pitching is, that stat right there tells you how bad the relief pitching actually is, with the exception of Matt Bush which he's been like pitching lights out all year. 
Uh, if you play fantasy baseball, he's available in most leagues. And uh, he is, I picked him up on mine, and he is actually doing some points for me. So if you're looking for a decent, cheap relief pitcher, pitcher that's available uh, in your fantasy league, go check out Matt Bush. He, he's because he's probably got the closer job uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, if you don't know about Matt Bush, he was the one last year, uh, about a year and a half ago, he got out of prison. He uh, hit a man, DUI. You, prison for a little over a year and a half uh side story him and that elderly gentleman actually are friends now and they talk and everything like that and he says that was probably the best thing that happened to me although you know i'm glad I didn't kill somebody but woke me up where he got help with his drinking problems so uh, all last year he lived with his dad his dad moved here so his dad could drive him and uh yeah so it's a good cleanup story for him doing good but uh yeah that stat tells you how the relief pitching is just yeah, not even good. You can't you can't even call it fair. It, it's bad might be even a good word. Now this isn't the kid that came from Tampa Bay, was it? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I completely. So we were just talking about cautionary tales. He was in a lot of legal trouble outside of hitting this gentleman. Uh, it's actually nice. This could be one of those uh, reclamation or re what do they call those stories? Um, redemption stories. Uh, we'll keep an eye on him. I'll be very curious to see how the year goes. Yeah, when they made the playoffs last year, in respect to him, uh, they did not have any champagne in the dugout, you know, to spray, they actually had a sparkling grape juice um, just because of him. Ah, very cool. Well, not to put you on the spot, uh, who are the starters for Texas this year? Uh, well, injuries, injuries, injuries is hitting it right now. So let me see the current list. Now, I'm pretty sure that Hamels was uh, uh, one of the starters there, um, but uh, I know that he's hurt. Yeah, he uh, was fine doing lights out, um, but uh, yeah, um, okay, you uh, Darvish, uh, he has been pretty good, His, he's been lights out, but it's always one inning a game, he gives up three to five runs at one inning, he'll shut you out the other, whatever he pitches, uh, and if they score more than that, they'll win the win, so that's what it is with Darvish. Uh, Martin Perez is the second starter, Andrew Kashner uh is the other one third one uh aj griffin was today's um starter the complete game shutout he's another person if you're looking for an inexpensive fantasy that's available in most leagues you can pick up scoring some points and the fifth one they really have nobody right now um the, the last couple the last start for hamels they brought somebody up from AAA and sent him down right away just to start so uh hamels was put on the disabled 10 so i think his next start they'll do the same thing so for now give you a short answer that took forever uh you darvish martin perez andrew Kesher, and aj griffin and then plus hamels okay now it's funny because i actually had perez and dropped him a couple of days ago because one of the unfortunate patterns for him right now is he's very definitely in the pattern of good game, bad game. And he torched me last time and is like, all right, well, I will let you go. And then when I find another team, another player worth picking up, I'll draft somebody else. But yeah, I'll tell you, once you get beyond your core of your own top three pitchers going four or five is really tough in, in both sides of the fence this year exactly um 
since I know the Rangers a little more since I watched them the most, another one to keep an eye on is Andrew Kashner. His record doesn't really um, say much about what he does because he's not getting much run support, but his ERA is like a 2-6, so pretty good, and his whip is uh, really low, too. Same thing with A.J. Griffin. Both of them have a really good whip and ERAs. So, yeah, it, it, that's another one you could probably pick up and just uh, basically, I don't think anybody in my league really listen to this, so can tell you what I do. There's about five, six pitchers I just stream. They're, they only got like, they're only like in 20 to 40% of the leagues, you know, available or are taken of the league. So they're pretty much available everywhere. And what I'm doing is every day I'm looking at those and I'm picking up one of the player that's um, pitching and I'm sending somebody down. And after the game, I pick the next one up and I'm just doing that to get some more points. Uh, um, I was started off with a lot of injuries, and I was in eighth place. And doing this, I jumped all the way up to second in two weeks. So, yeah, there's there's some things you can do there. Well, I'm still waiting for my bats to come around. Encarnacion has been stone cold. I started the season off with actually six Red Sox players, and now I'm down to three. Uh, and I've been waiting for a lot of folks to hit. In fact, the only person hitting right now for me is this kid Chris Davis from Oakland uh, not to be confused with the one from Baltimore and uh, he's been hitting me home runs and RBIs but oh boy I'll tell you that's it and my lineup is brutal this year uh, give me one second here I get a um, door cut this out uh, it, um, so I'm going to pause here for a second I apologize I got somebody driving up the driveway okay Sorry about that. They just came around my circle drive and went on out. When you're in the country and something because up your drive, you kind of pay attention. Oh, no doubt about it. In fact, uh, that's what led to one of my uh, friends getting his house robbed uh, a couple of months ago. Exactly. Okay, Dor, you can start picking up in three, two, one. Yeah, uh, my team right now um, started off with the boy. I had a, the injuries just decimating me. Um, Beltre's been on the disable all year, and Baumgartner uh, is. I had Baumgartner. So I got them disabled. Uh, and another good that I got real late round was Gary Sanchez, a catcher for New York. You know, really good catcher. I probably got in the eighth or tenth round. So it was awesome. But he just came off the disabled list, and he's on most of the season so far. Uh, but uh, my big guns this year is uh, Bryce Harper, uh, Goldschmidt, uh, Odour. Um, so kind of cold lately, but he's he's – He's he's been some uh, some points. Uh, Jonathan Valmer, you know, pretty decent. Uh, like I said, Sanchez. Uh, my uh, pitching, um, my big pitcher is Chris Sale, and uh, and like I said, Baumgartner. But uh, they're you know pretty much out. And the other pitchers, I just kind of stream. Uh, uh, another one I picked up real late because I heard saw some good things in spring training is uh, Evan Santana uh, for the Twins, and he's another one I keep. But those are the only three I keep, and I pretty much stream everybody else. Uh, my uh, relief pitchers is just a makeup. The only really relief pitcher worth anything is Greg, you know, Greg Holland. Uh, so another really good thing about A.J. Griffin, I was telling you about the Rangers who had the complete game shutout today. He's also a relief pitcher, and he has a relief appearance, two of them this year, which means you can put him in a starting pitcher or relief pitcher. Well, one of the things that I started off with this year is 
I knew that after, well, I picked up Kenley Jensen as my closer, and he'll get me a lot of uh, games this year. But I was actually very surprised to be able to pick up Zach Britton from Baltimore because, again, we're talking about monster saves. So I've got two guys. If they pitch the way I expect them to, you know, combine, they'll get me anywhere from 90 to possibly 100 saves this year. Britton, of course, is hurt. So to remedy that, I picked up, uh, uh, what is his name, Chris Devensky from Houston, who isn't in the closer spot, but he'll pitch two to three times a week. And right now, he averages two strikeouts per inning. So he's getting me a lot of that. But then he also torched me last week, too, by giving up uh, five runs. So uh, you, you live and die by the sword sometimes. And the other person I picked up was David Robertson, who is also in that same kind of um, setup man, eventually turning closer role. He's expected to be traded at some point, so I'll have actually three full-time uh, relievers. But again, uh, the players that I've been streaming are largely offense players because my pitching right now is pretty solid. But, you know, again, uh, if it weren't for my pitching... I, I would have been clearly bottom of the league this year. I I just need guys to start hitting for me. Uh, what I'm going to do is I picked up uh, Joey Gallo soon as uh, Beltre went down. I just took a gamble, and he is doing good. Ten home runs already. So what I'm actually going to do is keep him, and when Beltre comes off, two or three days after he comes off, he'll have a value, and I'm actually going to trade him for a starting pitcher. And I'll let them have, you know, and then I'll keep uh, Gallo because they're going to have to keep him somewhere. They'll have to they'll put him at first or outfield because his bat is too hot. So either that or I'll keep Beltre and trade Gallo because his numbers will be pretty good. So that's something you guys can look to. He's available in a lot of leagues, too. And when we get the uh, blog of this site up and running, uh, we'll definitely have to post our lineups because I'm I'm intrigued. I I want to see what you have because I got to tell you, Goldschmidt, oh, he was one of the players that had a really good week last week, and uh, you know it's nice to have at least a consistent bat already starting off somewhat hot. Exactly. Uh, his first few games were kind of eh, and. Then he started lighting it up, and they said, what was it? And he just said, the pitching coach told me this, you know, the other morning, don't be a 300 hitter, be yourself. As soon as he did that, he's, you know, he's been just lights out. And he's still close to 300. Yeah, exactly. Yep, so he's uh, doing pretty good. So uh, that's it. Should we get into some hockey talk? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay, well, the Panthers are in. Uh, I got a feeling, uh, uh, although right now the Senators and Islanders, even if uh, Ottawa does win and they win 4-2, that series was still a lot closer than the Blues-Nashville, uh, the St. Louis-Nashville. Right now, now this can change tomorrow, Nashville looks good. I mean, good. They look tough to beat. I don't want to buy any of that. And I don't know if maybe it's a, a Freudian slip on your side. Maybe the Islanders will finally make it next year. But right now, uh, the Rangers and Ottawa, that is surprisingly a matchup. I, I have to tell you, one part of me is kind of underwhelmed at some of the teams that actually made it in this year. Um, and maybe it's just, again, I'm forcing my expectations on what I ex expected to see there. And I was pretty much out as soon as Chicago was uh, gone from the scene. But, 
you have to give these teams their due. I think that right now, out of the lot of what we see right now, uh, I got to tell you, uh, I don't like the Ducks whatsoever, but they're playing a pretty complete physical game. And the only thing that will destroy them is if the Oilers remain uh, game. Because uh, I'll tell you, when they torched them the other night, 7-2, to what, seven to two, I think was the final score, they utterly destroyed the uh, the Ducks. So I don't know. The, this really is somewhat of an exciting series. Yeah, it, it those are fun games to watch. Uh, the the Rangers Ottawa, uh, pretty fun to watch. Um, well, Ovechkin for the Capitals, they sent him down a line, and that kind of woke everything up again. And the last game where they tied it up to three three, looks pretty good. We got two ties at three three. The Capitals Penguins and the Ducks Oilers, both of them are three three right now, and will be decided in the next game. I think one of the other things that will come into focus uh, after this year's uh, finals are finally finished, the NHL really needs needs to take a good, hard look at the officiating because, well, it's been subpar without a doubt. You've had the uh, uh, refereeing crew that uh, oversaw the Ottawa-Boston game, and that crew was suspended after the series because of uh, a lot of the missed calls, including a couple of overtime goals. I'm not going to be bitter about that. The Bruins were lucky to even be there to begin with, but it was a poorly officiated set. And then if the NHL is hoping that you've got star players like Sidney Crosby, who I'm not a fan of, but I'll tell you, when he came crashing headfirst into the boards last night, how did they not take him off the ice and, and get him evaluated? That's that's just beyond me. Uh, yeah, that again, no matter what you say, how, what, or why, if you're an elite player, you get special treatment. And except in this case, they really should have employed special treatment because I'll tell you, uh, after getting, you know, basically cross-checked in the head, and granted, that was more or less accidentally, that wasn't on purpose. He cleared the concussion protocol there, but when he ended up headfirst into the boards, they really should have dragged him off the ice to evaluate him because, again, these are the players that people come to see, and if he's hurt you know, that really kind of lessens the game. And right now, it's a good rivalry between both Washington and Pittsburgh. Um, I hope that they both lose, but that's not possible. Exactly. Uh, speaking of hockey, did you see what came across the wire about an hour ago? I did not. There was a trade. Not a big deal, but I think pretty good. Uh, um, the Stars and the Kings made a trade. Not a big deal. The Stars traded for the rights uh, for... Uh, ben Bishop, and they gave up a fourth-round pick, the pick they got from Los Angeles when uh, they sent Jordy Ben out there. They got they 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 got a fourth pick and basically a random player, you know, for the rest of the year, uh, uh, you know, and eh. But uh, that fourth-round pick is going to go to Los Angeles for the rights to talk. And came out, and before the trade, the Kings let the Stars talk to the agent. And it sounds like a deal is pretty close. So uh, I, for what the stars have had, I like having Ben Bishop in the mix. Well, don't be surprised if he actually was the starting job because while I get why Tampa Bay wanted to go with Vasilevsky in goal, 
uh, Bishop still has a good three to five years left in the league, and, and he's he's a top-notch goaltender. He should definitely be starting. I, I think that that's an extremely huge pickup for the Stars, so uh, good for them. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, uh, what did they give up? And then I looked, and I'm like, a fourth-round pick, you know, for, for Jordy, because Jordy was pretty much gone at the end of this year. They knew it. They wouldn't be able to afford him. They knew that. So he was pretty much gone. So uh, although he liked playing with his brother, you know, he wants to be paid like his brother, uh, and he'll make more than they can pay. So Stars knew they weren't making the playoffs, so good on them taking uh, basically turning Jordy Ben, getting rid of him for, you know, two months for the rights to uh, Ben Bishop. So, And Ben Bishop was going to do nothing with Jonathan Quick, you know, over in L.A. there. No, you're right, and I think that uh, there were a couple of other people in their minor league affiliates right now that were actually looking to bust. At least not the they're not going to get the starting job, but uh, they were uh, they're almost NHL material now. So uh, it's a good move for Ben Bishop, and I really I really hope he does well in uh, Dallas because uh, I've always thought that he's a, a player that kind of got the the short thrift in uh, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, he. I think he'll be the starter next year if he does get the contract. I, I, I really do. I think he he will be the starter. Uh, he. One thing I like about the Dallas goaltenders for the last like five years, um, basically have been hot or cold, hot or cold. They will stop everything, even things like that's impossible. What he just did. And then they'll have a game, you know, where there'll be a puck, you know, a mile an hour between the legs. And you're like, huh? You know, um, we jokingly around here call it, you know, the goaltensive, you know, because that's what it is sometimes. So, And although Bishop might not have that super high peak as what we've had here, he'll always be solid, which I think they need. Well, and again, there's a lot to look forward if you're a Dallas fan next year because having Ken Hitchcock in, a lot of folks, you know, it's funny because when the um, head coaching job ended up uh, available here in Boston, I was actually talking to a couple of friends and they weren't a huge fan of uh, Ken Hitchcock, but I don't know, following his career, uh, I think in the end, you know, you get him the players who know how to play, he can get into the cup and, you know, he's done it before and I wouldn't be surprised that if uh, there's actually even a renewed vigor on his, because he gets to start fresh, he's in a familiar place, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of good things looking up for the Stars this year. Yeah, speaking of scores, I just pulled up, and odd and odd, time you guys listen to this, you guys don't know what it is, but Ottawa's up 3-1 to one with one minute left in the second. Well, that could be a, a crushing blow to the fine folks in New York, because when you talk to New York fans, They've already said that the cup is in in place for them, and it's like, uh, you keep saying that, but Lundqvist usually ends up going home with nothing. Exactly. And uh, well, speaking of that, did you see what a Nashville paper before uh, the the day before the last game they finalized it? No. They put it on their website. It was kind of posted early by mistake, and it said Nashville, you know, goes to the Western Conference Finals. You know, they beat the the basically they won so the stars are like you just jinxed us you know <laughs> and everything now they did pull it out and win but uh, yeah the story was accidentally published uh before the game even started uh, uh 
Ah, boy, to make those kind of mistakes. <laughs> if they would have lost the series, that paper would have been done. <laughs> that editor would have needed uh, security guards to get home. But then again, I mean, you look at all those Ben Globes that are circulating in the state of Florida that has the Atlanta Falcons beating the New England Patriots. So, yeah, it's a, it's a collector's edition. Exactly. Yeah, going back to that Crosby hit, um, basically the team doctor said he gave the okay. And how did he give the okay? Because Crosby said he was okay. No testing was done. Uh, yeah, that kind of tells you about that. Well, interestingly enough, uh, there was another story, and I'll get the link for that later. Uh, apparently, you've got uh, two player, uh, two people who watch for concussions during the game, and they are the ones that are supposed to make the call. Interestingly enough, because Crosby hit the boards and not the ice, that was splitting hairs. That is the only reason why they could not evaluate them, because they're the ones who can make the call. But because uh, it's so ill-defined, they said the ice is most likely the ones that would cause concussions and not the board. So, uh, I mean, where's some common sense here? Exactly. And other news in the NHL, you see who's eyeing a return to the NHL from the KHL? This would be good. Oh, Kovalchuk. Yes. Um, I always liked him, although at times he seemed kind of bratty. You know what I mean? He's always a good player, though. He is, and I think that in the right circumstances, he could flourish. I mean, I think that's usually what happens to a lot of other players, too. If they don't get what they're looking for in a particular time, they have the option to jump to other leagues like this. So, again, you know, there are a lot of teams that could certainly use a talented player like this. The question is, is that will he be worth the cash you want to pay for him? Now, do the Devils still have rights to him? Because he left early. Oh, yeah, they'll totally have uh, the rights to it. I mean, at this point, it'll be interesting to see because um, this is something we can bring up at a future episode in terms of how teams get rid of large contracts. Uh, Kind of like what um, uh, the Texans did with Osweiler in their trade to the Browns, which effectively relieved them Osweiler's debt. I think that this will kind of be sort of a similar thing for the Devils and uh, Kovalchuk. Exactly. And other news that hit today, the Las Vegas Golden Knights signed their first big free agent. So since you know it's a free agent, you know it can't be the NHL. came from the KHL. Do you know who it is? No, I don't. Now, I'm going to butcher this name. <laughs> Vadim uh, uh, Shipakaryov. Uh, basically, the last couple of years, he's led the KHL on scoring. He became a free agent. Everybody knew he was going to come. So they rewarded him uh, with, let me give you, they have the details in here too, a two-year, $9 million contract. Oh, that's not terrible, actually. No. um, Yeah. Basically, the general manager came out to the and said, we're ready to spend. We got cap space. Well, obviously, (laughs) what I see them doing in uh, some of the players they take, you know, in the expansion draft is I see them trading them for other players to other teams and for draft picks for the next year. So if you look and they'll say, well, why did they have three goalies? Well, they can turn one of those goalies, you know, into a decent defenseman or a second or third round pick. So that's what I see them doing too. So 
uh, some of the things I'm seeing that we'll see in the expansion draft won't make sense at first, but by the time the season hits, I think it'll, you know, that's what they're going to do. Well, and going back to when we're talking about the Raiders moving to Las Vegas a couple of weeks back, you know, the Knights being in Vegas too, I was just wondering if hockey could truly make it in the desert, but uh, you know, what you said really rang true. I mean, you're looking at all the hotels that are going to buy those tickets up and offer those in packages. So uh, it is a genius move. They will virtually sell out every night. They won't, they may not get the attendance sell out every night. That's that, actually, that's genius. And, you know, within the first, as soon as they start advertising stuff, you know, the official sponsor for this, the official sponsor for that, those are going to be sold up in a day. You know, every hotel and their sister is going to grab something, the official this, the official that, the official this, on the program guide. You know, the bo- just think how much the boards are going to cost to sponsor along the boards. You know, that's going to be the one place where there's going to be a waiting list to get on that. You know, it'll be like a season ticket in Green Bay. You know, you're going to have to, you know, companies going to have to go under before you can get one of them. So, Financially, I think they will do, the Golden Knights will do very well there. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's an abomination to hockey or not yet. We'll let let it play out. Well, if in the Canada they can have the Pizza Pizza, you know, Tim Horton's up there, there's no reason, you know, they can't have, uh, you know, the Sands or something. I don't even know if the Sands is still open. Tells you how old I am. (laughs) The both of us, actually. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, I think that wraps it up for hockey. Now, you brought this up, so I will let you tell this last story that came up. Well, I've actually been kind of excited about this because, uh, well, we're both huge wrestling fans, but the reason why this is a little bit more near and dear to me is because uh, Billy Corgan, even though he had made several attempts to buy wrestling companies in the past, uh, it actually started way back with uh, ECW. He'd actually got a $10 million um, offer to buy them, and I'm not exactly sure why, because he was also uh, an, an active participant. He had actually uh, been in a few matches in the Chicago area. But anyway, uh, then there was the uh, failed bid with TNT last year, and he ultimately sued and got all of his money back. But now it's official. He now owns the NWA, and uh, that's pretty big because they are, well, one of the wrestling federations in the country, and the best part about it is that the reason why it ties to me is because I used to work for the NWA New England uh, as uh, one of the guys who set up the ring for these matches, and um, ah, it's actually exciting to see because... This this could be sort of the fresh fresh blood that they need, and he seems really energetic and excited to be running this. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I was. Um, this kind of made me look at their current roster, and uh, they got. You know, I just thought they would have like absolutely nobody, but uh, they do have a young up and comers, and some names you will know. Uh, Psychosis, you know him, Blue Demon Junior. If you're into any. Uh, you know, uh, Luchador wrestling, the Blue Demon Jr., you will know him. Uh, uh, who else? Oh, Tommy Wildfire Rich. Do you remember that name? No. Tommy Rich. Yeah, and then for a while on Georgia Championship Wrestling, he went by Tommy Wildflower Rich. Well, also, the, one of the uh, fits they have, too, is that 
with the WWE being as large as they are, I mean, let's face it, they can only carry a roster for so long. And, you know, they change out um, people almost almost monthly at this point. Uh, folks, for whatever reason, are not making it in the development leagues or whatever. But uh, a friend of mine actually had mentioned one interesting thing, too, is that these wrestling companies benefit from people from, of all places, the UFC, because there are uh, a couple of up and cars now that while they have glass chins, they don't need a strong chin for wrestling. So um, they have good gimmicks, and uh, it's actually going to be pretty interesting to see how they stock this pond. Exactly. I think their biggest thing for success now is to get some sort of TV deal with anybody. Doesn't matter who and when and where. Just somebody TV deals so they can get a little bit of money coming in where they can hype up some pay-per-views. If they can do that, they will be able to expand their uh, rosters. And, and 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 he's although he's been with wrestling, you know, with TNA for a little while. Um, he's I think his first hire should be somebody that knows the wrestling business and that has contact phone numbers with all these wrestlers. So. Somebody's disgruntled with company X and releases him. They can call him that day and say, uh, why don't you come down here and do a couple shows and see if you like it. So I really think they need a name right now to help him, help them do that. Oh, without a doubt. And let's face it, I think that there are still a lot of good names out there that aren't even signed to real contracts. And uh, it's amazing some of the uh, people we see around here that uh, ultimately end up uh, at some of the local um, uh, wrestling venues here because we have uh, the New England Championship Wrestling, which is run by Sheldon Goldberg. And usually he'll get uh, you know a lot of the local area wrestling here. And um, huh, they used to all come out of Killer Kowalski's camp until, unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. But, I mean, up until then, I mean, we even had Jimmy Superfly in a couple of matches up here. So, uh, it's there are real, there's a lot of talent out there. So, if they can package it just right, I think they could give it a good run. Yeah, one free agent out there right now that I can't believe isn't signed with anybody is uh, Rhodes, uh, Dusty Rhodes' youngest son, not... Dustin, you know, Gold Star. Um, what's the what's the youngest kid's name? Oh, you've got me on that one. Uh, people know he's got talent. Now the WWE just wasted his talent. If you saw him at a show, great worker, great showmanship. You know, uh, he didn't have anything handed to him because he wanted to get into wrestling. His dad made him be a referee for two years before he let him be a, in the ring. So paid his dues, knows what's going on. Uh, um, but uh, he's still a free agent too. So there's some people out there they could bring in. But like I said, I, I think they need some sort of TV deal. And right now there are some TV stations that would really love a wrestling show once a week. They really, if you can put it in a time slot where you're not going up against TNA or the two uh, WWE slots, you would do pretty good. Um, the TNA got on TV, but they're on a network that I never even heard of or can't even find anywhere. So I don't know if that was so good of a thing by them. They might have made a few dollars, but uh, I was looking at because I've never heard of it. And I looked in, in all the people that have cable, that station was only like in 25% of homes, people that had cable. So what good is that? Well, I think this is one of those things where Vince McMahon could show us how smart he truly is. 
because you know he's got his own wrestling channel and i mean what well, he could simply charge money to these guys saying hey we will give you this slot and they'll get more exposure than they would have anywhere else i think this may be one of those uh opportunities if they were uh, if they were allowed to present themselves yeah the wwe network if they would have raw and uh, SmackDown, even if it was like a 24-hour delay on there, they would see their uh, subscribers jump tremendously. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think there's like a five- or six-month lag, and I'm sure that's TV reasons, but uh, they're not rerun on TV, so I don't see the deal why 24 hours later they couldn't be on there. So yeah, I'm sure some legal ease term somewhere they said all that. But, yeah, the, the more wrestling federations out there, the bad, the better. Uh, I mean, um, uh, yeah, uh, by far. So, like anything else, again, things to keep an eye on. I was just—I just pulled up the NWA roster. Guess who else assigned on them? Give me the names. This one—I uh, didn't even know he was still wrestling. He's going under—I'm uh, going to tell you what he's going under now, and you tell me who it is. He's going under Sid Udley now. Oh, geez, not Sid Vicious. Oh, yeah, he's there. They got a recent picture, and he looks pretty good. Huh, holy cow. <laughs> uh, they actually got some more people than I thought that were here. And the, another one is, do you remember, uh, it's going under Kia Stevens now, but uh, in WWE, she was Awesome Kong. Oh, boy, yeah, we're going back a little bit. Uh, that's just a couple couple of years. That's not too long ago. For me, it's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, let me see. I told you some of them. Uh, we've babbled on about that long enough. But uh, if you just Google uh, NWA current roster, you'll see there. But, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty good. They, their roster was better than I thought it was. Uh, honestly, I can say that now. It's uh, a lot better. Uh, Psychosis is another one I always thought was really good. Well, I guess we took a 30-second story and turned it into five or ten minutes there. So uh, anything before we uh, um, cut out? No, I think we we pretty much covered the, the train wrecks, the controversies, and uh, the entertainment side of things. Exactly. So, again, thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast. Any comments, questions, or current, please email Tracy at podnuts.com. If you ever want to join us, come on. Nothing's stopping you. Even if you just want to hang out inside the room as we talk, and that's fine, too. We usually record on Tuesday evenings, just so you know. And give us a, give us a message to join that. I thank everybody for downloading this episode and taking time out of your busy schedule and listening to it. Everybody have a good day. Good week. Bye.